Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. That's right, that's right. If you listen to the Fantasy Jester Show, you already know who this is. I'm the Fantasy Jester. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Oh, what a beautiful day. Draft is over. Good times. Fantasy Jester Show, the NFL Draft Review with guest Channing Crowder tonight, folks. Absolutely great times. How's everybody Fantasy Justice Show brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com. Blog Talk Radio for that crystal clear sound. How's everybody doing tonight? Absolutely beautiful night here in Leesburg, Florida. Hope it's just as nice wherever you're tuning in tonight. That's right. Former Miami Dolphin Channing Crowder joins us for the draft review. We've got Ryan Walton drafting a, a joining us oh we actually did draft ryan walton to be on the team tonight um but yeah ryan walton uh joining us tonight and uh the inaugural edition of fins on fins ryan and jt two two of the biggest fans i know for the fins uh going ahead could it be a regular segment now uh, on the show and going to always have a couple of players a couple of surprises going to be lots of fun, going to be a great segment. Those of you who have listened to the other segments that we have, you know we like to have a good time and whatever it is we do tonight. Also, special guest appearance by the newbie, Nick Katowski. (laughs) We'll see how he holds up tonight as we we chew him up and spit him out and see what's left after. You know, uh, if you've listened to the show, you know we are not easy on the guests. Even if they're new, you better know certain answers because if you don't, you are Randall Gritchick or the people that didn't know who he was. <sighs> fun times, fun times. Call-ins, guest call-ins are always a possibility in this week. Like I said, we've got JT coming after three days at the draft. That is just a bonus. He was able him and Tate Dello were out there absolutely doing a fantastic job. 
pay attention during the week. We're going to put an article out there. Then next week, Tate will be back on. We'll get him in here talking about his experience and some great times. Uh, he was able to sit and actually talk with Pancho Bila. If you haven't been on social media, seeing Tate was everywhere all over the draft. JT, obviously, I mean, that man was all over the draft like you know what. And I'll tell you, just bringing you the best. Then we had Ryan Walton down at Miami Dolphins. Find out tonight, you know, before the draft, before the actual pick went in, Ryan was hanging out with some of the Miami alum. And, you know, uh, Sam Madison, uh, Pat Sertain, guys like that, he's sitting there BSing with about who they want as, as the pick is coming. And uh, Ryan's going to let us know who uh, who the alum really wanted. So that's going to be interesting for you, Miami fans, tuning in tonight. Complete draft coverage. But first, my rant. Folks, as some of you may or may not know, at this point in time, I like to go ahead and get something off my shoulders. And, you know, one of them is I'm starting to see a horrible trend come up when talking about players and what they've been through their past. And, you know, you look at their off the field issues. Last time I checked, most of society has off the field issues. If you, if you just go walk down the street, that that's me personally. I I, I mean, I have off the field issues if you ask me. So um, to start labeling these players, and it seems like it's a, it's a horrible stigma. But what it is, is, you know, people got to understand, not everybody comes from the greatest of neighborhoods, believe it or not. And sometimes that's difficult to shed. Now, if you ask me, a guy that has off the field issues is no different than the guy who can't beat press coverage. He's no different than the quarterback who's never taken a snap under center. You have to coach them. You either have to coach them how to play the game, how to study the game, how to keep yourself. It's coaching. It's life coaching. You you know, listen. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had Bob Tewksbury on. I understand it's baseball, but it's the same damn thing. He talks about his book, 90% Mental. The game is between the ears as well. And you've got to be prepared to coach the kids, in my eyes, in whatever form or fashion that they require to become that professional. So to sit there and label him and say, listen, He's, uh, you know, he's got off the field issues and that's the reason why he's dropping. No, you know what it is? It's an indictment on the, on what's going on in the NFL as far as turning. The, the NFL has turned off the field issues into something that they will suspend players and take players away from the fans for seeing instead of maybe helping and correcting the problem. You know, you got to coach the guy to beat the press. You got to coach the guy how to take a snap from under center. Maybe coach him on how, how, how to get through life because maybe he hasn't had that coaching. He might have been coached the press, how to beat the press. But you know what? 
maybe he's not coached on how to beat his demons or beat the idea that, you know what, it's okay to walk away from your friends. It doesn't make you a bad guy for doing it. This is what we need. This is coaching. Stop giving them the black label. You know, a very talented back, and I don't know what's going to happen with the young man. But guys dropped, and guys dropped nicely. And it could be all for allegations of what's going on. There's, there is no proof yet. There's just an investigation into what he's doing. Does he have a bad attitude? I've seen some of the interviews. He doesn't have the greatest ones. Guess what? You have to work with him. Somebody's going to have to coach that young man on, okay, this is how you act when you're a professional football player. And same as beating the press, either you're going to be able to coach it or you're not. Thank you. My rant's done. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of the show. Again, Channing Crowder at some point tonight. We'll get him in. We're going to have Ryan Walton. Nick Katowski, newbie's going to try and say something tonight. This should be fun. But, of course, what show would I ever do? Without my co-host, JT, he's been everywhere in Dallas, and it is, I'm surprised he's even here. JT, do you have anything left in the tank, man, for tonight? How are you doing? I'm ready for 2019, man. Let's, let's get the next draft going. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you one thing. Just real quick, uh, looking at the 2019 draft, for those of you uh, paying attention already, maybe to the ne- that next draft, the Patriots are the Patriots. top pick. Nick Bosa should be your top pick. That's who I'm already looking at, number one, going into next year. Kid will be better than his brother, Joey. Book it. Wow. All right. Well, hey, you you heard it there first, folks. You know, I was looking at me personally. I was looking at how, you know, the rich get richer sometimes. The the New England Patriots went out and got an O-lineman. As mysteriously, Mm -hmm. they lose an O-lineman, they pick up one first. Then they have lost Deion Lewis. Well, they get the running back. You know, it's just funny how that happens. But everybody kept talking about, well, they never got they never got the Brady replacement. They never got the Brady replacement. No, but you know what they have for 2019, folks? Whatever they want to go a, to go up and get him. They have a first. They have two seconds, three thirds. Do you understand that? They have two seconds and three thirds. With their own first, they'll be able to go ahead and move in the draft to get whatever quarterback they want next year, right. and they'll next never year. even feel it. They will still well, have and a I, second, and they will still have thirds after it. Well, and let's be real. They trade Brandon Cooks away for first-round pick. First round pick. They replace him nicely late in the draft with uh, University of Miami product Braxton Berrios. Reminds me a lot of Dion Branch. Uh, I think he'll be the next really good in a long line of slot receivers that New England just seems to come up with. But can't believe Barrios went that went that late, and of course he went to New England. Let's get the other guys in here so we can start talking the whole damn draft. First up, listen, folks, he's been on here before. He doesn't know much about football. No, I'm only kidding. He, he's on here because of his football knowledge. It's not just his swimming with the shark ability. That's right, folks. He swims with sharks. No cage. Um, 
Listen, if he has no problem facing down the shark, he has no problem facing down the guest that we bring on the show. How are you tonight? My friend, Ryan Walton, how are you tonight, brother? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Ryan. Doing really good, Ryan. You know, uh, taking a look, just real quick, uh, give me an idea. (laughs) Happy, yes, no, maybe on the Dolphins draft. I'm definitely uh, satisfied. I'm not doing jumping jacks, but I'm satisfied considering where we were at. So I think we we made a lot of progress. We'll get there, but we'll we'll get to why. But uh, there's definitely progress made. Holes were filled, but a couple couple question marks I definitely had. I I got you. No, for me, uh, like I said, uh, everybody knows, and if you have never listened to the show before, I am originally from New Jersey. I'm a huge Giants fan, moved out to Florida, and I follow all three teams. I am a rabid fan of all three teams down here. And let me tell you, it's great because the Giants were able to get (laughs) – they were able to get Saquon Barkley, folks. Say it with me. Oh, my God, I love it. Oh, all right. And uh, the three local teams, actually, in my opinion, uh, did rather well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, we got Saquon Barkley. Anyway, let's go ahead. Let's get the newbie in on this, and then let's get this draft going. Folks, tonight, for the first time on the show, let's give them a big round of applause. Nick Kikowski. Nick, how you doing, my man? Doing great, sir. Greetings and salutations to everybody out there listening, and uh, hopefully uh, more and more people every single uh, show. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like that attitude. That's the way you got to come on. Letting everybody know, go get more people. We need more bodies. JT, um, I tell you what, here's what I want to do. I want Nick to kick us off. Let Ryan give some commentary and then you clean up after on the first pick because I, uh, I'll i be going with that second pick. Saquon Barkley, folks. Um, so go ahead, Nick. What do you think? Give me that first-round pick, what you think of it. All right. Well, Brown, select Baker Mayfield. What can you actually say about this pick that hasn't been said already? This guy has been picked apart all year, okay, right up until minutes before the draft. And the question is, is he the QB of the future for Cleveland, or is this guy going to be the next uh, guy going into the pepper grinder for QBs in Cleveland? He's got all the tools around him, wide receivers galore. He's got, he's got uh, his uh, running, new running back that's coming into town, and He's got off-field swagger, on-field swagger. He's got all the tools, and he's got a chip on his shoulder that this guy wants to make an impact. Everybody's told him he's too small. Everybody's told him he couldn't accomplish this or he couldn't accomplish that. And this guy overcomes every single obstacle you throw at him. I love the pick. I don't see everybody loving the pick. I think they could have got him a little later, but I love the pick, and I'm looking for really big fantasy points coming off of him right away in uh, this year. All right. I think uh, Cleveland went ahead and drafted Johnny Manziel with a beard. Um, I think it was a, I think it was a mistake at number one for sure, especially with the lack of maturity around them. Um, I can specifically 
uh, speak towards the slot receiver on the Cleveland Browns, who's going back to wearing number 80. Um, mm. When you got that much ego surrounding you, there's no way you're going to succeed. Um, and he is a spitting image of Johnny, Man- Johnny Manziel in personality. They're arrogant, um, and they're ready to showboat. Um, I think that's a so that was Cleveland's only mistake in the draft um, was who they chose for their quarterback, especially considering they don't have uh, an all-pro quarterback to mentor him. Tyrod Taylor's nothing to write home about. So I, I think Cleveland botched it again. Well, I don't, I don't know if they botched it, but, Nick, so my question to you is, or my first, I want you to defend this. Cleveland took a six-foot quarterback with the first pick. Generally don't see a lot of six-foot quarterbacks have a lot of success in this league. Thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, six-foot quarterbacks. You're not going to see it. It's not your prototypical quarterback. However, uh, he's actually he, he's a good uh, he's a very good athlete. He's going to be able to roll out. He's going to be able to get out of trouble. He's going to be able to oh he's under pressure. He's going to be able to take that run and he's going to be able to dive forward with it. He's also going to be able to make those tight throws that you don't see. It's the athleticism that's going to overcome that height for him. Now, given he shouldn't have really been picked number one, okay, mm-hmm. but he is, and they're going to have to live with that decision. There were a lot of other QBs they could have chosen in this role that were all also very great athletes. They chose Baker Mayfield. They say this guy's going to fit for the way that they have their team designed, and uh, it's a new regime in there, so we're going to have to take a look and see what actually happens with him. Sure. David Dorsey made some good picks. May I? By all means. Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. JT, sir, if I may be so bold as to answer your question. If I'm looking at it and I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, why should I like this pick? One, the kid is driven. That's first and foremost. Give me somebody that's got some friggin' drive, okay, that's got a little oomph, that's got a little chutzpah, that's got a little, you know, he's got some marbles, let's say. All right, that kid's got marbles. Second, what does he have? He has accuracy. You got to get the ball to the people. You got to be able to get it there. And lastly, to answer your question about his height, you know, uh, besides the whole Drew Brees factor and and what that's meant and how it stopped him, um, out of all of the current first-round quarterbacks that were taken, Baker Mayfield had the least amount of batted balls this past season. So um, it's an interesting stat that most people don't pay attention to, but I happen to uh, take a look at that. And of all of the quarterbacks taken in the first round, he had the least number of batted balls for the short guy. So that's a reason for the Cleveland people to be hopeful. See, and, and, and I look at that completely differently. There's no difference, in my opinion, in any of the top five, top six quarterbacks. None of them are worth taking in the first pick. You take the best player. The team that picked after them, Took the best player. Yep, that's just my opinion. Doubt about it. Absolutely. See, I'm, I'm so I'm not biased in that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that point too. With uh, take, you could have taken Baker Mayfield a little bit later. You really could have taken Saquon Barkley at number one overall, and at number four, Baker Mayfield probably would have still been there. Baker, Darnold, mm. one of them, Rosen, Allen, they, one yep. of them would have been there at four. It, it was. Yep. Uh, it, it, it was a surprise, especially because, you know, everybody had heard, oh, it's a done deal. I know I heard from several sources that mm-hmm. uh, that he was a done deal, and uh, it turned out that he wasn't. So, uh, listen, 
It's never a done deal. This is why I laugh at all the mock drafts, folks, because you know what? Even the most insider of insiders doesn't know. That's why I don't do mock drafts, because nobody knows. There's so much misinformation that goes on. It's unbelievable, folks. Besides the chance of how many side deals, who's going to move up, who's going to move down, right. it is impossible. Yeah, well, Listen, you know. the, the, nobody would have guessed that, you know, after all this, New England still wouldn't have had a quarterback. That they, everybody, oh, I'm sure, was convinced that New that. England was going to take a quarterback. I disagree with that. That's Bill Belichick putting the proverbial middle finger up to everyone telling him what he needs. That That's classic Bill Belichick. Oh, the oppositional defiance kicking in? All right. Well, here, I, I, the oppositional defiance is going to kick in real hard for me right about now as I move on to the second pick of the draft. And I'll be more than glad to talk about uh, <laughs> our second pick. The Giants, I folks, I had wanted uh, Mr. Barkley. I got Mr. Barkley, and I still – it's a pinch-me moment because, to me, when I look at players and I see certain things, and it was funny because Gettleman said almost the same thing on air afterwards. When you're drafting this high and you start looking at – apply this – to your top five picks when I get done with it. Gettleman said that with that second round pick, it had better be a person that would be acceptable as a second round pick in any given draft. And that when I get that person, not only is he a career person, I'm expecting at number two to draft a person that's going to wear a gold jacket at the end of his career. That's a, that's a, that is a fair assessment of what you should be getting out of your top five in the draft Right, are gold jacket people in that. I am very happy to say that with our top five pick, we got a guy that has that gold jacket potential folks. There is not enough good to say about the different abilities, you know, in baseball, they talk about the uh, five tool abilities uh, and being a five tool person. He's, he's pretty damn close. I mean, he is that rare combination of nice speed four four speed and power. You look at this kid, this kid's calves are bigger than some people's thighs. He, from the waist down, he is one of the thickest people uh, I've seen play running back in a long time. And when I did, they were very successful because they drove the pile. See, right now, he could just make people miss. And if you looked at the tape, I mean, he jumps over people. That so- he's that size and jumps over people. But he's going to be able to power people to... And now, once they made that second-round pick uh, and added to that O-line a true, the old-fashioned term, folks, is road grader. They added a road grader. And, you know, from from somebody who is a Giants fan, let's go to JT, who clearly isn't. We'll go to Ryan and then the newbie on your oh. thoughts, Saquon Barkley. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, by all means, I am not a Giants fan. And I have gone on record months ago saying the player comp on this guy reminds me of Marshall Falk with his receiving ability, route running ability, inside the tackle, outside the tackle capability. So I'm a fan of this guy. But let's let's look at a couple things with him. The guy likes to dance too much. He tries to hit a home run on every play. Put on the tape of the Ohio State game against that top five defense, 21 carries for 44 yards. He has had some trouble against fast athletic defenses, which is pretty much what you're going to see across the NFL. So I like to see him be a little more decisive, realize you can't hit a home run on every play. But other than that, that's nitpicking. The guy looks fantastic. Uh, he's going to a place where, you, you said, you got Hernandez and Solder on the left side and a quarterback that if he can get the play action going again, could see a resurgence uh, from what we've seen the last couple of years from Eli. What do you, before we uh, move on yeah. to uh, Ryan on that, let me just go ahead and ask you this, JT, uh, that the, having the idea that not just Odell Beckham pulling coverage, what does it mean mm-hmm. to a running back to have a tight end that's going to help pull that coverage? Well, Evan Ingram's going to keep that safety stick from sticking his nose in the box. He's going to keep the safeties honest. The back of the field should open up the middle of the field there. It should be running against six- and seven-man boxes as opposed to eight- and nine-man boxes that you're going to see against teams that don't have that. Nice. Ryan, what do you think about him? I, I mean, I'll keep mine short. I think the – obviously, we all like uh, Barkley. I think he should have been one overall. Uh, he deserved mm-hmm. to be. But uh, giant steal was Hernandez blocking for him. I mean, yep. You guys got um, a, a star in, you know, for the future in Hernandez in the second round. Um, so that, to me, was that was the package deal. Barkley and Hernandez one and two uh, was phenomenal work by the Giants. Uh, Nick, you feel do you think that the uh, Giants made the right move, or you think maybe that they uh, actually made the wrong move and should have gone either defense uh, with Chubb or not? No, they shouldn't have gone defense. This was the right move. This is a home run hit all the way through. You're talking this is this is the piece this team has been missing for years. They, I mean, they have tried in the past to get players onto this team. They go, okay, we need a top superstar running back to take the pressure off of Eli, and they're getting it with this pick. This is going to free him up. This is this is going to give them that two dimension offense that they need and uh, you're going to be second-guessing whether this is going to pass to him, whether he's going to be running the ball, or whether Eli's going deep or over the middle with this. This this is going to make the uh, New York Giants a very versatile offense. Hey, Jester, real right. quick on the Giants. Yeah. Real quick, on the, are we are we going to see Eli break out the zone read next year, pull little Cam Newton? <laughs> yes, well, you know, hey, listen, Eli has that elusive speed, so <laughs> – Eli well, it could be Eli's breakout year this year now. Yes, breakout for Eli. Mm. Yeah, breakout for Eli. There you go. Um, Ryan, let's start off with you. Let, let's go to you. It's uh, it's a team in your division there. The Jets went and got Darnold. How are you feeling about that? How do you feel about the USC product going to the New York Jets? I'm just really excited to see our guys pick them off this year. No, I'm just kidding. Um Phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, but let's talk about that though. The John, they what did they pay two seconds this year and a second next year to move up to get him when they probably could have gotten him or Allen at six? 
I mean, don't you think that was a little high price to pay, uh, Ryan? I mean, nobody was willing to trade in those in that range, and I think we saw that more and more because nobody knew what was going to happen in the first part of the draft. That's what mm-hmm. made this draft so exciting was that nobody knew what was going to happen at number one. I was shocked. I, I'm Obviously, you heard how I felt about Mayfield. I feel like he is going to be a bust. But um, I, I don't think they had a choice but to move all the way up to three based on trade partners. So, I feel like they did what they had to do thinking that one of these four quarterbacks was it for the future. And I don't think Darnold's going right. to be a bust. I just think that he, he, he'll be good competition for Bridgewater. Look, he's motivated. So there right. is a chance Darnold doesn't start this year. You could see Bridgewater being a stud in, in camp. Or McCown. Would, so, yeah, McCown too. I mean, I think he wants – he's going to coach later on. I think he's back as a mentor. Dude got paid. So, I, yeah. I mean, for McCown – that that one, you know, yeah, there's a three-way quarterback uh, competition there, but Bridgewater's probably the most motivated coming off that injury. He has the most to prove. Um, so either way, there's good mentors there. And, and, there is. Know. So there is, but the thing that bothers me, the thing that bothers me that the Jets didn't do, though, they didn't go out and get him a running back in one of the early rounds. So you're looking at Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire as your backfield. You're looking at mm-hmm. can Quincy and Nunway even play this year? We didn't see him at all last year. Uh, so I just don't see the weapons or the help that this kid is. If the Jets are smart, you sit redshirt him this year. Don't David Carr this guy. Let him yep. redshirt a year. Let, let, let Bridgewater take the beating. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I don't know. He can't take a beating, but yeah. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask Nick. Yeah, let me ask Nick. You guys just touched on something interesting, and I'm starting to get some varied opinions on it, so I want to see what Nick has to say about that as well. You guys both brought up the Bridgewater factor and everything. Who starts? Who do you? I mean, does Darnold have a chance at starting, or is this an automatic they're going to let Bridgewater start because he's the NFL proven? Uh, Nick, what's your feeling on that one? Uh, you're talking the you're talking the Jets here. They're gonna put the guy out there right away. This is not a conservative team that says, "Oh, let me sit a guy." They they pick this guy and they are gonna put him out there. This is the guy they're looking for. He's a leader. He's the type of guy that can talk one on one with the player and get them to respond. He can also talk and lead a group. This is the glue that this team has been missing. Um, he's got so many ups on it, and yeah, Teddy Bridgewater can do all of that type of stuff. That's great, and he's a super athlete. There's no guarantee what Teddy can actually do, whether he's going to make whether he's going to make it actually through all of the playing. And uh, basically, it's a tryout for the Jets for him. I mean, we can say that yeah, he's athletic, and is he really going to be able to throw the ball? He wasn't. He was okay when he was uh, when he was with the Vikings, but you know, is he just going to be okay for the Jets? The Jets want some superstar out there, and I think they're just going to put him out there right away. Wow. All right. Yeah, I uh I could see I, I could see them doing that too, but I think uh I think he's gonna ha- uh, Bridgewater is gonna be tough to outplay just simply because of the experience. But uh I, I wouldn't I, I gotta lean with Nick on that just for the standpoint of uh it's the Jets. They're capable of doing anything. Could they start him? Yeah, I, I could definitely see them being dumb enough to do that. Uh, I don't agree with it, but I can see them doing it. Now, um, going ahead, moving along uh, on the next pick, back to Cleveland on that fourth uh, pick overall. 
And to me, I, I actually do. I, I've heard people from Cleveland complain about the pick, uh, but they really, really did need to find a replacement for Joe Hayden. And Denzel Ward, I'm sorry, he is – he. Uh, I had him as one of the best ones, the top two. JT, mm-hmm. where'd you have him on your board? Well, if you remember when we talked a couple weeks ago, I said if the Browns were smart, they would take Denzel Ward at four. If you watch right. the way this guy can shut entire half side of the field down by himself, watch what he does. He baits quarterbacks. He'll hang off a couple yards, get the quarterback to think that receiver's open, put the ball up in the air, then he hits the Jets, either knocks it away or, or, or turns the ball over. The guy is has exactly what you need as a corner, too. People say he's cocky. Now, cocky is when you think something. Confidence is when you know it. This guy knows it. He's confident. He'll hit you, too. 5'10", 191 pounds, he will stick you. So, I absolutely love this pick for Cleveland. they got to go against the Antonio Browns of the world, uh, J, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, so on, so on. Great pick. Absolutely love it. Where do you uh, where do you put him? Uh, do you do you give him a? Uh, you mentioned the confidence, the talking, if you will, or you know, the, yeah, the confidence. Do you put him in the same class as a Jalen Ramsey? Then is he your player comp? Ah, uh, Jalen Ramsey's more of a, a big physical corner. Uh, to me, he'll he'd rather press. I think Ward can press, but he, he's better when he, he'll play off, play man, whatever. I would say, I mean, maybe not to this level, but I'd look at it more as a Richard Sherman. I think he's more of a finesse corner. I hate to use that label because, like I said, he will stick you, but I think he's more of a Richard Sherman type than I would say Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Ryan, how about you? What are you thinking about him? Did you like him? Did you like the pick for Cleveland? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, it may seem a little high, um, but – what other choice did they have? Um, I feel like he was probably the best um, DB on the field uh, on the on the board at that point. Um, there's a couple that you could toss up there, but I, I believe he's probably the best one on the board um, early on. So it filled the void. Uh, take the best player available. That, that was obviously their method in filling different voids. So couldn't have gone wrong there. I had him at ten to Oakland initially, just because of where I, I'm looking at what I had done. And, uh, in general, I had him going number 10 to Oakland, and obviously. Um, who, who did you have going to Cleveland in the two picks? Barkley, because I had uh, Darnold, Chubb, Allen, Barkley was my original four. But this goes back like a month. So I, but as wow. of a month before the draft, when I was looking at it, I had Darnold to, to Cleveland influencing um, everything else and. Chubb was because JPP had just got traded, um, you know, around that time frame. So uh, that influenced me putting him there, which meant that Cleveland was going to get lucky at four with Barkley because we knew the Jets were taking a QB. So, um, yeah, then that left him falling all the way down to Oakland because of other needs on defense and obviously quarterbacks. You know, uh, Nick, got to ask you something. You take a look sure, at that. Way. You take a look at that Denver defense now with that fifth pick overall. Bradley Chubb on the other side. You got Miller on one side, Chubb on the other. What does that do to that defense? How did you like that pick for Denver? 
Well, I'll tell you, John Elway is one smart talent evaluator here. He knew exactly what his team needed. He knew that uh, they went in there rated really highly uh, last year, and they didn't produce like they wanted to, and that didn't uh, work so well with a uh, lackluster offense. And now you've got a guy that's going to be pushing on the other side. So you've got Von Miller coming up one end. You're getting Chubb shoved in your face. You can't double-team Von Miller anymore. So you've got to spread your offensive line out, and you are going to be taking a beating no matter what offensive line you are and what quarterback you are against this defense. Wow. Yeah, it is. JT? Oh, look at this. You've also got Derek Wolf still. you got Shane Ray, first-round pick from Missouri a couple years ago. So, you know, what, John Elway went out and got the best player on the board. You know, they went out and got a quarterback that I still think – and that system is better than anything that was available this year in Keenum, already has experience, went out and got a guy like Chubb. And there's already, uh, you know, a lot of rumors out there that you could see Chubb line up on the same side of the field as Vaughn Miller in certain packages and pull the old Pittsburgh uh, zone blitz when you see Greg Lloyd, LeVon Kirkland do that kind of thing. So it's going to be fun to watch this kid in Denver. And how did they win the Super Bowl a couple years? They ate quarterbacks for lunch, and that's how they're going to try to do it again. Uh, it's a scary thing for uh, the future of that division to have those two on the same team. And uh, the idea of lining them both up on the same side is just going to create so many nightmares. Think about the teams where you've got somebody injured on your line and they're picking on that side all game long. Yep. You better have a running back they can block. You you better come up with a a better plan, and because let me tell you, you you've got if you face okay, imagine facing the Giants of last year, knowing you've got Flowers at left tackle and a coach that isn't going to adjust for it, and you've got Chubb and Von Miller working the D. Oh my oh, yeah. lord. Oh, my Lord, that is just a nightmare waiting to happen. Uh, you know, JT, go ahead and start us off. Go, Let's go on. Let's keep going with Indianapolis, the Colts, Quinton Nelson, guard, yes. Notre Dame. How, what do you feel about probably, I think he's probably my favorite player in the draft. He's probably one of the best linemen to come out in the last 10 to 15 years, in my opinion. Um, probably the cleanest player in this draft. Heavy, heavy hands. He's also got the best nickname of any of these players in the draft. They call him Earl Gray. Uh, probably due to our rating, I can't get into the reason why they call him that. But uh, this guy is this, this is a bodyguard. This is a guy that isn't going to let you one quarterback pressure, one sack total in the last two seasons at Notre Dame, and the guy will pl- plow the road. You know, uh, Mac's going to have to run right behind this guy. This guy, I absolutely love him. Smart kid, real mean streak kind of a Larry Allen type of player when I see him. Uh, really can't wait to see. Uh, it's nice to see Andrew Luck finally get some, get some help, get some time back there. So love this kid, great pick, and they move back to get him. So uh, big ups to Indianapolis on that. Nice. Ryan, thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, best, best choice they have there. Um, they can't afford to lose Andrew Luck again once he comes back. And it's a team kind of trying to figure out who they are again. Um, Vontae Davis is going on defense. He was their biggest leader. 
Um, and they've kind of picked apart a lot of these pieces a lot like Miami has, so I know how this goes. Um, kind of taken away some of these bigger pieces, and some of the bigger pieces just moved on. Um, you know, Frank Gore was one of them. Um, so you take leaders out of certain positions, and there's not many leaders on that offensive line. So as you just said, um, they got somebody with a mean streak, somebody that should be there for, let's say, 10 years, um, seeing how the NFL works these days. But they got a 10-year player at least and somebody that should keep Andrew Luck on his feet. Yeah, it is – you can't do anything if you don't have a line. I mean, and you guys, I'm not trying to be an ass when I say this because we had a bad line last year. I'm speaking from experience as well. But you guys know firsthand about the importance of having that line without a question. And, yeah, whether it's luck or anybody else, and especially if it's luck, uh, you got to have that protection. And this kid here, uh, here's, here's, a, here's a number six pick that I could see wearing a gold jacket one day. That, that's my opinion. When I watch him uh, on film, that, this is somebody that you should see in a gold jacket one day. Uh, now, as we continue to go on, we're going to get to everything else. We mentioned the fins and all that. Listen, uh, I got those rabid Fins fans wanting to beat me up for being a, 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 saying that, hey, listen, how dare I believe in Tannehill. And before we get to Josh Allen and, and Nick uh, covering that, that pick, I have to stand up for myself, okay? We're going to get to Fins on Fins. But the idea is this. I want to see... And this is for all you fans out there, whether whatever side you're on of, of the Ryan Tannehill debate, okay, you're going to find out this year. See, what you're going to find out this year is, okay, what happens to Ryan Tannehill if you give him a better team around him? What happens to Ryan Tannehill if he actually is still in the same system another year same system he's had a chance to play in now. Same system he's had a chance to watch from the sideline for the year. Now, let's say you still don't believe in the idea that he might be able to be the quarterback of the future. I'm not asking you to trust me or trust JT or anybody else on this show. But right on your own team, you have somebody who is coached one of the best quarterbacks ever in Peyton Manning. Adam Gase knows what he needs from that position, probably better than most, because he's seen one of the best that's ever played the game do it. He knows what he needs. Now, Adam Gase had all of last draft to change that. He had all of this draft to change that. Any NFL team, if they want a player in a draft, will pay the price to move up and get that player. I know I've seen plenty of teams do it. At no time did the guy who worked with Peyton Manning feel that his quarterback now, this isn't me saying this. This isn't JT. This isn't Ryan. This isn't any Homer saying it. 
This is a professional coach who has worked with one of the greatest in the game saying, no, the quarterback I have is good enough. Maybe it's time everybody pays attention to that and says maybe he just needed more of a team around him. We're going to find out. In that, uh, I guess that was a semi-rant in the middle of the show, but I had to get that out before we even get to Fins on Fins later on um, because it has been – been, I'm getting texts about it uh, already uh, because I said – I was happy with the draft. There are some people that just don't want to be happy. How dare me be happy with the draft for the Finns? Sorry, I am. In that division, one of the teams that is recognized here on the Fantasy Jester Show by Tate Dello is also one of the newbies teams. He happens to also follow the Buffalo Bills and is a huge fan. Folks, we're trying to see. We're going to try and see uh, if we can get Poncho Beeler on the show. That was absolutely amazing last night, what the Buffalo Bills did, uh, getting him up there for that draft. God bless that man. Everything is going through. That is what this is supposed to be all about, whether it's sports, the actual games themselves, podcasts, or any other talk show. It is the time to go ahead and enjoy the sport and take your mind off the troubles of the world and of your life. And last night, that was absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, as I take a look at this, Nick, and I take a look at the Buffalo Bills in their first pick of this draft, going and getting Josh Allen from Wyoming. Go ahead, man. You're a fan and a, and somebody who plays fantasy uh, fantasy football. What are your thoughts? What's your outlook on them, too? Uh, I'm going to say this is an A-plus hit for the Buffalo Bills all the way through. You're talking uh, – it's got to be one of the smartest picks in the draft. Big arm like Patrick Mahomes. You can throw it in the wind. I don't know how many viewers have actually been up to Buffalo in a game in winter. I grew up in Buffalo. I grew up as a neighbor to Wade Phillips, Don Beebe, Jim Kelly – I mean, they lived like a couple houses over from me. And when you're up there and you're talking to these guys and they're like, this wind is intense. Every time, they, every time we either had a new coach in there or we had a new QB in there, the wind is intense. You need a big, strong-armed quarterback. And Buffalo is a blue-collar town. You don't need somebody that's going to come in there and be a showboat. You're talking about Josh Allen growing up on a 2,000-acre farm. All right, 2,000-acre farm, the tasks alone day in and day out that this guy had to do is the exact grind that you are going to see in the NFL. He has to get up every play. You get knocked down, he's going to have to get right back up again and just keep going at it without panicking. And see the same thing from how he grew up, what his upbringing was. So I think Buffalo uh, knocked this way out of the park. He's got weapons all around him. Now, you might be saying, oh, well, Zay Jones isn't that great of a – that has, doesn't have any hands. Well, look who was throwing the ball to him last year. The guy proved it in college that he could catch it. I'm listing Zay Jones as a huge sleeper, and that's because of Josh Allen. There's also eh, – there might be a little bit of a QB controversy starting out in the first year, too, because you've got A.J. McCarron sitting there in the wing dying to prove what he can do in the NFL. And – so it's going to be a real toss-up here. Who is actually going to get the starting nod for it? I think Buffalo moved up to make him the starting QB. 
I think they're willing to throw him out there. I think they're willing to give him a shot. This is also going to bring an added depth to what Kelvin Benjamin can do on the side. This is going to bring an added depth to what McCoy can do. So if anybody's looking at drafting McCoy, where McCoy might have gone, pick number 7, 8, 10, something like that, in the later round in a fantasy draft, top three, instantaneous now with this guy at the helm. So uh, I love this pick. I think this is, this is going to make Buffalo give them that competitive edge that gets them past that divisional win. Uh, I, I can't wait to find out what Tate's going to say about this next week. But for right now, JT, uh, Nick threw a lot out there. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, the number that jumps out to me is a career 56.2 completion percentage. Uh, so, yes, he can throw it in the wind, but can he complete it in the wind is my question. Um, I've been on record as saying I don't see much difference in the top six quarterbacks in this draft. Again, you don't know this going in, but if I'm Buffalo, I'd have sat back at 12-22, scooped up Lamar Jackson, who I like better. I like his athleticism. I like his drive. I like his attitude, who has compl- uh, upped his completion percentage each year in college 52, 54, and then 59 last year, so the guy gets it. He's learning how to be more accurate. Uh, and then kept that pick 22 to get something else. I'm not saying Allen's not going to be a good quarterback, but he better get that completion percentage up if he wants to have a chance to survive in the AFC East. Yep, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. He does need to get the completion percentage up. But, again, you're talking he's got some hands at his disposal. He's got some uh, surefire weapons there. Now, they also lost a couple offensive linemen, so that's really going to affect the way that he plays. This kid knows how to get out of trouble. If you've watched him scramble in the backfield to keep the play alive, this guy flies around. He spins, he moves, he jukes, he jives, and he can throw the ball. Now, is that going to all translate to a winning uh, uh, ability for Buffalo? Eh. It might, it might not. It really is going to depend on. Uh, it's really going to depend on how they shore up that uh, offensive line for him now that uh, Incognito and Wood have both been lost. You got anything you want to throw in on this, uh, Ryan? Or are we moving on? Um, I think we pretty much move on. I think they're rebuilding. I think there's going to be a quarterback controversy. I don't think it's set in stone. Um, so I, I, it's exciting to see. They got Shady back there, though. They can run the ball. The uh, the thing about it is, yes, does he have the arm? And, yeah, he's got the strongest arm of the draft class, okay? Does he – here's what you need. You need to be able to anticipate in this game. That is where he struggles. If you can't read the game and you can't anticipate, that's an issue. So when I talked earlier in the rant about – the different problems that different players have. And this is no different in my eyes than if he had off the field issues and that needed to be addressed. This is a serious issue. This is as serious as somebody who likes to go out partying and drinking and all that, because this is something that can derail the team. His anticipation is what really is going to be the telltale sign. And you're going to see it. You're going to see it early, too. He's either going to pick this up and look decent in this camp, or you're going to watch four preseason games where the interceptions are going to be flying left and right 
and left and right. It is, it is, let me tell you something. You know what it is? It's, it's Nathan Peterman. That's what, that's what the scary part could be. It is either going to be, to me, this is one of the greatest home run or bust picks of the draft, folks. This kid's either going to stand and shine and learn anticipation. But if I wanted to see 32 picks in three hours, I wouldn't be watching the draft. I'd be watching this kid or Nathan Peterman. No, seriously. Um, That was a bad one. I was waiting to throw that one in there somewhere, and I just figured this was a good spot. Um, Like I said, he is the ultimate boomer bust. Let's keep going. Number eight, JT. Start us off, Chicago Bears, Roquan Smith, Georgia. Yes, love this pick. Uh, six foot one, two hundred and thirty-six pounds out of Georgia. Excellent run defender. He's got sideline to sideline speed. He will hit you. The thing I like about him is he fits a four-three and a three-four defense, so he's extremely versatile. He always seems to be around the ball. Uh, a little bigger than this guy, but he kind of reminds me of Zach Thomas in this way. Any play you watch. Wherever the ball was, Zach Thomas was there. That's what kind of what I see when I look at him. Um, he's a gifted pass coverage linebacker. So for a guy that plays the run the way he does, to be able to then drop out and cover on top of that, the Bears really got themselves a player here. I guess my only negative is he is a little undersized, so maybe getting off blocks could be an issue. Um, but other than that, I'm looking at a guy to me that's just pretty much a sure thing, uh, unlike Leonard Floyd and other previous Georgia product. I think this guy is an all-around player. Really can't wait to see him get on the field from day one. Nice, nice. Uh, what do you think, Nick? Well, this is uh, they've been looking for a guy with some uh, Ray Lewis qualities, some Brian Urlacher qualities. He's going to bring some uh, much-needed lift to this defense. So I think, uh, I think this was the right pick for them. I think this is uh, something that team needs. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it was a it was a solid pick, a solid pick, solid player. Uh, I like it a lot. It, it, it is, you know, once upon a time, this this Chicago Bear defense was something that you just didn't want to play, and he has true sideline to sideline ability, a mix of speed and power. Okay, that is exactly everything that you as a as a bears fan you come to get used to certain things and that is a defense that plays physical and he is just that enjoy what a great pick you know as we continue to move on let's go ahead and i'm gonna get let nick start off with number nine with the san francisco pick i'll chime in then we'll get to ten and at 11, magically, we'll have fins on fins, folks. Stay tuned for that. San Francisco 49ers, Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. I happen to like the pick, but what does Nick Katowski newbie have to say? Nick? All right. So, uh, you talk Garoppolo was pretty stout, pretty amazing in his first few starts. This is got this is going to be the guy that's going to add your extra 1.5 seconds to throw the ball. Sometimes you it, it you need to build an offensive line to get you to the Super Bowl. Defense may win the Super Bowl, 
but you need an offensive line that's going to protect your quarterback. San Francisco says everything is about their quarterback. Everything they are building is around this quarterback, and they picked up their first piece in it. He's a uh, big offensive tackle, and he's going to be able to uh, add quite a lot of depth to this line. So I think this is the right pick for them. Uh, Grade-wise, I think they could have gone another way also on their team. There's still some other needs they, they have, but overall it makes sense if they're trying to get that protection for their QB so he doesn't get injured. Understood. Understood. Yeah, no, it is uh, – it, 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 to me, it, there was a smart pick again. Uh, Lynch – Lynch knows what he's doing out there. I mean, you he, he might be still considered a rookie. They were joking about that on air today. Uh, he, still considered yeah. a rookie coach, but he's you been making it, some nice moves. You heard what the man said. He had to find a way to shut out Quentin Nelson because every time he tried to watch film on Mike McGlinchey, his eyes kept getting drawn to that interior lineman, Quentin Nelson. So my question for McGlinchey is he's not going to start over Joe Staley this year. So he won't be your left tackle this year. But is it McGlinchey's really that good, or is he living off the guy next to him? Does the guy next to him make him better? So I'm I'm a little suspect on this pick, not one that I thought was a good one. You know, yeah, because he won't start yet, because he needs the development. Well, no. Was he really that good, or was he a product of what Quentin Nelson right next to him was producing? I mean, John Lynch himself said that I had to put blinders on to watch McGlinchey because my eyes kept going to Quentin Nelson every time I put on tape. So, to me, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player, but I know this may seem a little high, but I don't care what other people say. At this point, I'm taking Hernandez at nine before I'm taking McGlinchey. I want a guy that I know is a hog molly, someone that's going to plow the road. I'm not sold on McGlinchey yet. Would you have taken Colton Miller before him? No. Colton Miller's a project. I think Gruden reached about a round too high for that one. Hmm. Do you take Ragnow before him? No, because they have, a, you know, 49ers have themselves a pro, a pro Bowl center. They didn't need that position. I think they could have used a guard, uh, and they obviously right. could have used a tackle. But, again, when your GM says your eyes kept going, kept going to the other guy every time you watch tape, that's got to be something to be said about that. Either that or trade down if I'm San Francisco. You could have got him at 13 or 14. And there were teams calling. Sounds like he should have traded for the guy his eyes kept going to. Sounds like it. Unreal. Unreal. All right. Go ahead. I was gonna say, Good. yeah, and if he was off the board, I mean, hey, trade, trade back, take a, uh, take an extra, take an extra second rounder, take, take somebody exactly. else that you're gonna be able to bolster your team with. I mean, he wanted an offensive guy, he wanted somebody to protect the QB, not necessarily a pick nine. I mean, there were so many other guys, and there's a lot of big guys in this draft, um, but he could have moved all the way back. He could have moved back to anybody that wanted to trade up to take that uh, that other guy that, that that somebody wanted. And there were a lot of people okay. calling. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, hey, listen, for me, it worked out well for me. So I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it still kills me. <laughs> you know why? They still got to play. You know why? They still Here's play, the thing. Andrew. 
here's 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 why, okay? Because I had a bunch of people saying right after right after the Giants took Barkley, I naturally I got the text. They've got no line. They've got no line. They've got no line. And I'm like, they've got solar. Hold on. They'll they'll work on that too. Relax, relax. And then they pop Hernandez of all people. I'm like, um, excuse me now, uh, what were you saying about that pick? <laughs> it was just funny how one pick after the other. See, it was it was the Barkley pick wasn't enough to shut my giant haters up. It was the pick that we actually got a guard that's a road grader after that shouldn't have been there that shut people up. I, I thought that was funny. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, dissatisfied people and quarterbacks, folks, let's continue with JT in, in his uh, Edward Scissorhands of the quarterback class. Uh, Josh Rose, number pick. 10. I don't understand this pick. Sorry. Don't get it. You got a guy that has a bad shoulder in 2016, three concussions last season, uh, a guy who's got attitude issues. You saw it when he was drafted, um, not happy where he went. I don't know. To me, and, and I know, Ryan, you can attest to this, you lose your starting quarterback, pretty much your whole season is, is sent into a spiral. This guy is not a durable player. And for you, you should have learned that, Arizona. You had Carson Palmer. What happened every time you lost Carson Palmer? You brought Drew Stanton in and you lost the game. Or you brought in Blaine Gabbert and you lost the game. I just don't get this pick. Uh, yes, the guy has upside, whatever. Potential is the thing that gets coaches fired. Remember that in Arizona. You'll find out real soon. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Let me ask you, so before I give my commentary on it, let's see what Nick has to say. Nick, how would you like wh- – what did you think about Josh Rosen? That's a stupid pick. Stupid's the right word to use here because you already picked up a you already picked up a QB. You could have gone another way with this, and uh, you know uh, you want to look at it and you go, okay, the guy does have skills. Let's, let's give him credit for that. He does have skills, mm-hmm. but everybody's passing on him, and I think that happens to go. And now I wasn't at the draft; I didn't get to see all the background stuff. But I'm going to take a guess that as he kept getting passed and he's getting angry and he's showing what his face looks like and he's showing what his body reactions are, other teams are going, wow, if this guy's under pressure on my team and he starts taking hits, is he going to have an epic collapse like this? Is he going to be an emotional wreck like he was? And I'm starting to, I start to question that. Mm-hmm. And there were so many rumors that Miami wanted him at 11. I was the happiest person inside AT&T Stadium when they announced Rosen to 10 the biggest weight lifted off my shoulders. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. Speaking at that 11 pick, folks, fins on fins should actually, if you ask me, begin at this number 11 pick. We're going to have this as a regular, regular spot for you Miami Dolphin fans. We'll be bringing in players as you've heard in the past, you know, we have certain players that actually do, uh, from the Finns, listen to the show. Hi, I'm Jeff Cross, a former Miami Dolphin. I'm a big fan of the Fantasy Jester, and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester. You know, we've had him, we've had a couple other people from the organization on, and it's always been a fun time. You know, Jeff spoke about the time with Alfred Oglesby um, when – 
you know, Alfred was out drinking one night, and I'll just tell the story real quick, and then we'll get back uh, to the uh, draft coverage because this is Fins on Fins. And um, funny story, he goes ahead, he's out one night, he's with the girls, he's drinking and all that, and he passes curfew, and he comes up with this brilliant idea to go ahead and claim that he was abducted uh, during the night. And, well, the investigation proves that he was not abducted overnight, and uh, his teammates, for putting in a team and the teammates through all of it, decided to go ahead, strip him down naked, tape him to a goalpost, and sprinkle him down with itching powder. Now, uh, that's the kind of stories that you can expect. Uh, in really good stuff, fun stuff coming out of the Dolphins. And as we go ahead, we're going to do fins on fins and have regular guests. Ryan is, a, is when you talk insider, he is inside that locker room practically, literally. Uh, actually... I can't wait one day. I think I should just have Koa on his son. He's probably further in the locker room than Ryan actually is. And uh, definitely be getting that kid on the show one day. But, uh, you know, Ryan, what happened? I understand we have a little problem with Channing tonight. Um, yeah. I, so I haven't heard back from Channing. We had spoke the other day. I'm actually looking at my phone again. Um, my guess is most people know Channing does a radio show, so I'm guessing that they're running late doing the exact same thing we are. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll get them on another day for sure. I just had Channing out two weeks ago uh, on the boat with me doing sharks. We have a couple other ventures we're working on. So uh, we talked the other day during uh, the three-year anniversary show. <clears throat> he was going to come mm-hmm. on that and went frog gigging uh, that night, so he couldn't. So he was he what? Here this week. Frog gigging. It's, it's you better explain that to the thing. people that don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Channing, Channing can explain it when I get him on here. Uh, it's definitely a redneck thing that I don't know much about. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> they, they use, I grew up they in Florida. I've never heard of it. They go out like it's like a pole spear device thing that I was. It looks like to me, and they go out and they they're from a boat. They're literally shooting frogs with a handheld device. So. Um, Channing can tell you when he comes on. So I'll chat with him and figure out what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, tonight, not looking like it's going to be the night. He's most likely doing the same thing we are. All right, um, so we've got it. All right, so we go like this. We've got an IOU from Channing. I, I know you had somebody set up for the uh, next edition, too. Who, who's going to be the next guest? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I'll with a couple guys on the team. So I've asked Walt Akins to come on. Um, he's actually – his career after um, football, he wants to be broadcasting. So it's pretty appropriate. Uh, he actually did the radio uh, show live at the stadium Thursday night. So I got to hang out with him then a little bit when he got off the stage. Um, but it, Walt is a class class act. Uh, so that's, that's who I plan to have on next. Nice. Now you were at the draft party. You did the coverage for us. You posted some great picks and all that. Now let me ask you something, Ryan. Uh, you said that prior, just prior to the pick, you were hanging out with Sam Madison and Pat Sertain, was it? And who else? Yeah, yeah. Um, Aronde Gadsden, I was with, uh, Devon Godshaw, uh, Devontae Parker. But at that point, I was with uh, Madison, Sertain, Gadsden, a couple of the older guys. Um, and older, with all due respect, of course. Wow. Um, yeah, you know what I meant. So, 
Uh, I was with some of the old guys, and we're hanging out, and we're actually, we were initially talking sharks, and then uh, my girlfriend pointed out, hey, guys, the pick is on, and uh, I said, all right, let's go with Edmund. <laughs> but yeah, well, so uh, I said, let's, you know, Edmonds is on the board, let's let's fill the void at, at linebacker. And uh-huh, uh-huh. Caster Sand, Madison, they all spoke up, and they said, no, 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 Minka, Minka. And I'm like, Really? Really? What? Less than two minutes there. Less than two minutes later, uh, there we were. So the guys called it. Everybody standing in my little circle right there. We we're having a chat, and they called out exactly who they wanted. And it was less than two minutes till uh, Commissioner walked down and got booed, and uh, we got to hear who the pick was. And uh, there we were. So I'm happy with it. I'm not dissatisfied. I wanted Edmonds to fill a void. A personal friend of mine is Cole Misi, and it's been hard. Um, not seeing him out there again. My son's name's Koei. I'll put that together. So, um, a void is his linebacker. And last year, Timmons was a bum. So, I really wanted to see linebackers filled in the first round and done and over with being a Dolphins fan. But Fitzpatrick is going to be an awesome, true free safety. Uh, TJ McDonald is a lot more like G5. And G5 is Rashad's nickname for those who don't know. Um, but Rashad and TJ as a tandem are obviously a vicious tandem, but TJ doesn't cover, cover the backside, mm-hmm. and neither does Rashad. So Minka's going to burn big time, which is cool because now they can play all three, and they can strip mm-hmm. that linebacker. TJ can play as a hybrid linebacker. You put both him and Rashad up in the box, and now you've got a, ba- uh, a running back and a tight end that are covered, and you don't know who's covering who. The defense has the advantage, so. Um, I like I like TJ as kind of that hybrid linebacker role, especially considering who we play six times a year. I mean, there's very Charles Clay, uh, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you've got guys that need to be covered on every single play. So, uh, make on the backside is a beautiful thing. The other guys can stack the box, or you got McMillan back uh, back healthy, and Alonzo on the outside can focus. Um, one thing from the inside of the locker room. Uh, I was talking to a friend on the team, and he's, uh, I said, you know, pissed me off all year. <laughs> and he said, who? I said, Kiko. And I said, why? I said, because he was blowing it in coverage. And he's like, well, what you didn't see is that Kiko's sitting there trying to tell Timmons where to be because Timmons was late all the time. And Timmons got a hotel in South Beach. And so all these other factors add up to why a player's not performing the same. And linebacker became a huge void when McMillan went down and Kiko was truly – our only starting linebacker, considering that Timmons didn't even want to be there. Um, so this is cool. I mean, it's, it's cool seeing that TJ can play hybrid now. We filled linebacker in the third round. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's see what comes of it. I want to see McMillan healthy. I want to see Raekwon out there. I think he's going to play in the middle. He could be really good. Um, and then Kiko on the outside, back to where he's supposed to be. And then they can do what they want with the rest of the team. Well, you know, I look at this and I say Baker, McMillan, two guys that played together at Ohio State uh, for, I think, I believe it was for one season, so they should know each other pretty well. Uh, yeah. You know, looking at, our, looking at our team, you know, I know there were a few rumors that Miami may try to move up, but apparently every team we talked to wanted last year's first-round selection, Charles Harris, who I really do like, who's learning from one of the all-time greats in Cameron Wake. Uh, so I'm excited to see what we get from him coming off the edge. Uh but with Minka in the back, you know, you have Minka, you got Rashad Jones back there. Xavier Howard came on last year at, at you know, at that cornerback uh-huh. position. And and I hate to say this, I talked bad about one of my Dolphins, but 
I'm really glad to see that Toast Maxwell's playing in another city uh, because, to, in my opinion, he was one of the biggest issues in that in that secondary for Miami. So get the pass rush going. And, you know, a lot of people don't like what Miami did this year. And last year, you trade Joseph uh, – or, you know, uh, Jai. You trade Jay Ajay. You trade um, – or you get rid of Pouncey. You know, you get rid of Landry. You get rid of Sue. He got rid of guys that were big mouse and malcontents in that locker room, at least – Ryan, you know better than I, but everything I read, and you bring a lunch pail guy like Frank Gorian, who's a leader. You bring in a guy with playoff and Super Bowl experience like Danny Amendola. So Dolphins fans, you need to look and see what Gase is doing. He's getting rid of the garbage, bringing in some talent, and I think the future looks good for Miami. It's the first time I've been happy uh, with our complete draft in a long time, and I really do like our offseason. You nailed it there with the, the whole – the biggest thing – inside that locker room has been immaturity. And the immaturity with Jarvis Landry coming off that field and complaining about the ball that was thrown to X receiver when he thought he was open after he caught 10 balls for 100 yards, that kind of crap's unacceptable. That's not team play, and that's what was happening. J.H.I. was skipping meetings to launch his clothing brand. You can't have those type of – Mike Pouncey, Mike Pouncey, I sat with his wife at several games, and I'd hear her, oh, he left the house in a rage. He left the house in a rage. He, you know, these guys with the egos and the attitude, like, they may come off as great players, but they're not team players. And a team like Miami needs maturity. They need to come together. South Beach is a hard spot for a 22-, 23-year-old guy to become mature. Let's oh, be yeah. honest. That's not an easy place to, to go home and read your playbook, like, that's a problem. So when they got Frank Gore, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> when they got Frank Gore in there for that backfield, that was huge for me for Kenyon Drake because when I see Frank Gore sitting down with Kenyon Drake and saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going to be," he's still competing with it. He is going to push Kenyon Drake to his full potential. Dan, Danny Amendola and Kenny. Obviously, I, I love Kenny Stills. Danny uh, Amendola and Kenny Stills in that receiving core. There is maturity. Kenny is doing so much off the field. He's becoming so much more of a man. Amendola already is. Those guys are absolutely going to be leaders in there. You've got to speed Stern and Albert Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to mature. He's another one that needs to mature as a person. I see that. Uh, but the team has gone so much further to bring in the mature mentors. You've got Cameron Wade. Sue is a head case. <laughs> Oh, Joey Cage is joining the show. What was that? Sound like Joey Cage joined the show there for a minute. Oh. Uh oh. Yeah. That is uh Uh-oh. well you gotta understand the Joey Cage phone call um is either consisting of this or we get the the latest coverage from Joey Cage is this. So, anyway, go ahead, folks. Those of you who don't know who Joey Cage is, uh, pay attention we'll, we'll to the get show. We'll get into that. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. Ryan one, one last question for you since you're talking receivers. A guy that got an opportunity late last year and looked absolutely off the chain is Jakeem Grant. What do we expect to see from him? I'm worried about what they're not going to do with him because they went out and got Amendola and uh, Wilson. Right. Um, I was chatting with, when I was with Channing Crowder the other day. Our conversation was – somewhat based around this, and 
we talked about a couple of the guys that I could expect to break out, and one of them was Albert Wilson. And it was just going to be really – it's going to be hard to cover him based on the Adam Gase system. So Albert Wilson has the potential to be a 100-catch guy. Um, with everybody focusing their potential on who they just spent money on, it scares me that Shaquem Grant may not get to do what we saw him do at the end of last season. But I like him. I'm excited about him. Dude works hard. Mm-hmm. He's in, I see what he's doing this off season. He's not sitting around. He's running routes, perfecting his route running. Um, he could be a serious slot receiver, but I'm nervous about how they up top view him after signing two receivers on the first day of free agency. Right, right. So, yeah, definitely talented. He's a kid. He's so fast. My God, watching him at practice, watching him warm up, he just puts it all out there when obviously there's nobody to run into. Um, you watch him really run, and it's like, come on, is this for real? So, yeah, if they could figure out how to utilize him more, and, again, Amendola, it's a two-year contract. Um, he's a mentor, but, you know, you don't want to lose someone like Grant by the end of that two years, and that's when his right. contract will be up. So, um, great leaders brought in. I hope they utilize Grant more, but that's what Wilson is, too. Grant and Wilson are very similar in style. So, we'll, we'll yeah. see – who gets the time? You know Parker and Stills are one and two. Um, so there's going to be a competition between three, four, and five. And then look out for Isaiah Ford. Um, Kenny and I talked at length oh, yeah. about who's going to step up. And Isaiah Ford, if he hadn't got hurt last year, he'd have had playing time. So that's another one that we need to watch for. So the locker room is crowded. Leante uh, Carew is going to get cut or traded, um, unfortunately. And he's developing yep. well but he falls to the bottom of that if you want to consider Grant as at least returning punts and kicks. So, yeah, crowded crowded wide receiver room at this point, honestly. Guys, let me uh, go ahead. I want to ask you guys, uh, go around the three of us, okay, the three of you there, and ask you a yes and no question because we got to wrap up fins on fins. Has this draft – and I'll start with JT. We'll go to Ryan. Actually, I'll go JT. We'll go. Yeah, JT. We'll go the kid, the rook, and then we'll go. We'll close it out with Ryan as we close out fins on fins. Let's do this, guys. Has this draft put the Dolphins right there behind the Patriots? Are, are they right there now with them? Are they in second in that division now? I'm gonna say no. Who's ahead? I still think you got it. until until we beat Buffalo, it's Buffalo. Till we knock them off. Playoff team from last year, you can't discount that. Ryan, uh, I mean uh, Nick, we're going to go with you next. Nick, what's your thoughts? Does this draft pull Miami into the second place in the division? No, I don't think so. I think they still need some more pieces. Uh, I think they did a good job. Uh, I think they're going to be competitive. I think the uh, mm-hmm. locker room's going in the right direction, but uh, I'm pinning them in. Uh, I'm putting them in third, and that really comes down to the previous comment. He's uh, got to beat Buffalo, um, and you got to beat New England. Uh, there's no sense of going for number two. You go for number one. Okay. Closing it out, this edition of Fins on Fins, Ryan, what do you think? How close are you? And if you're not second, what do you need yet? All right, well, for, <clears throat> let me thank you guys for, for this first uh, Fins on Fins. I'll do my final thoughts. i got to go feed some sharks in the morning. 
so thank you very much for the opportunity, and I'll get those guys on um, on the next one. So I'll, yeah, I'll take I your IOU, sir, and so will the fans of the show. They, they require <laughs> yeah. an IOU from you. And I'm sure with his personality, you'll get a solid one that'll turn into a laugh. So um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll make up for it. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Good stuff. I, I believe the Dolphins have to be the Jets. And the Bills are both looking at quarterback controversies. So last year to me is irrelevant. You don't know who's throwing the ball to the players that got you to where you were last year. So I'm looking at right now, and unfortunately, paper is all we have to look at before the next six weeks when we get back to training camp. Um, how do you discount the fact that those two teams don't have quarterbacks and the Patriots quarterback is 40-something years old going on 30? But well, how do you – discount the fact that the other two teams don't know who their quarterbacks are. They're also in this revamping, not rebuilding. Let's call it a revamping stage. Um, all three are toss-up. Let's see who stays healthy. I mean, that's to me, that's what matters. So, yes, the Dolphins are absolutely to be number two behind New England right now based on starting quarterback locked in and all the other factors in play. Um, but training camp, one injury happens and all of our minds can be changed. Nice, nice. Ryan, looking forward to having more shows with you. Uh, have a good time tomorrow. Have fun. Be safe. Keep educating people on what the true thing's going on down there with the Sharks. Great work, man. You got it, guys. Thank you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Folks, that was Ryan Walton with Fins on Thursday. Good stuff. Good stuff. But you know what? I have had a couple people wondering – Hey, Tate, where you at, man? I was calling in just to listen to you. What the hell? Where you at? Where is Tate? Tate is, let me tell you, Tate's been busy. He's been working that draft like a dog, folks. He has been everywhere all over that draft room in Dallas. He's going to be with us. He'll be back to the three amigos next week. Where we'll also, besides having Tate, you know, we do cover some baseball around here. And real quick, I have to mention, you know, everybody bitches about Tannehill and how he performs and whatnot. And just real quick, I, baseball, we normally have the crop report, and that's with JT and Tate. And like I said, Tate will be back next week. We're already in extra time. For those of you who are new to the show, the show's normally over at 9 o'clock we're in extra time here just because it's that time of year. We'll go ahead. We're going to keep going until 10 o'clock tonight. Wherever we are, we'll continue more on the drafting and full team coverage of not just the first round next week, but the whole damn draft when the three amigos are back at it. JT, Tate, and myself. Fantasy Justice Show brought to you FantasyJusticeSports.com. Blog Talk Radio, and you know what? A whole bunch of other places that, listen, I don't know what platform you listen to. You know, maybe you don't listen to them. Maybe you're not a regular Blog Talk listener. There's other places you can find me. Check out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blueberry, Spreaker, Spotify, Libsyn, Buzzsprout, Audio Boom, and Simplecast. We've got more coming. We are continuing to grow. Thanks to all of you, without you, I couldn't do this, folks. I love you all. Um, let's go over to a little bit of baseball. I'm going to talk to JT, bring him back in one second. But 
you know, we talk about Tannehill, and we talk about that it's a team sport. And I just got done talking to Chris Archer, and listen to his comment, and then I'm going to let you know how I see it and how it relates to football. Chris, uh, Fantasy Jester here from the Fantasy Jester Show. You know, I'm looking at wins and strikeouts this year for my team. What can I get predict from you? Uh, you know, what's your prediction on strikeouts and wins this okay. year for me? Um, well, wins are hard to predict. That has a lot to do with your team, but uh, my track record suggests I'm going to have about 200 strikeouts. So um, I think that's a a fair prediction um maybe plus or minus a little but you know 200 is always a always a good target for me nice nice and you're feeling strong going into the I season great yes sir yes, awesome sir. thanks very much you have a great thanks, day thanks god bless yes, sir. notice what he said about wins it's a team thing it's a team issue he can only speak for his own personal stats that he's in control of but in the end the W was on the team. JT, I mean, that that was the perfect way to describe, not just for him, but mm-hmm. what Miami fans need to realize with Tannehill. Am I wrong here? I mean, doesn't that make the perfect, uh, the perfect comparison there? I mean, it does. Uh, I, I can definitely see the comparison. Uh, you know, the one – uh, devil's advocate part of that I'll say is well let's let's do the flip side and say there was a particular team that won a Super Bowl in the early 2000s that had zero at quarterback and his name was Trent Dilfer of Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens you know I look mm-hmm. at a team that I don't know football I look at a team that whole defense is what won that team defense uh, I don't think you need a superstar quarterback to win the Super Bowl in the NFL it's been proven it's been done before does it help absolutely but for all the Dolphin fans that want to knock RT-17, just go back and put on any one of our 16 games last year. Watch Jay Cutler. Watch Matt Moore. Watch David Fales. Tell me you don't think that RT-17 is going to do better than that. A guy that went to every game, a guy that was mentally in every single game and got a chance to see things from a different perspective on that sideline and don't think this kid's not going to incorporate that into his season this year. So, again, I get I get the Chris Archer comparison. I like it. I think it's a little bit more. I mean, the pitcher can't score runs in baseball unless it's the National League, I guess. So, mm. but yeah, I do see I do see some similarities with what you're coming at. The uh, I, I just want to leave this as far as uh, the Tannehill thing goes, and we'll just leave it right there. You said it best. When you said you don't need to go ahead and have that star quarterback, let me tell you something about whether it's Ryan Tannehill or any other position. You could be deficient at any one given position, only one, and still win a championship. If your other parts are that much greater, you can cover up for deficiencies. It happens Every on every team, not there is no such thing as the perfect team. Not every team that wins the championship has the perfect player at every position. Now, one of the things that Ryan Tannehill has that none of you that don't want to see him on this team understand, he has the locker room. 
That's one thing that Ryan has told us over and over, JT. Mm-hmm. He oh, has yeah. that locker room. The players around him believe in him. The professionals. Kenny Stills mm-hmm. has said he'd rather play for Ryan Tannehill than Tom Brady because Tom Brady is about his own preparation. Ryan Tannehill preps himself and with his players. Well, and, and he's gotten a he's gotten a bad rap. Whether it was Brett Grimes' wife flapping her gums uh, and her fingers on Twitter a few years ago, or the Pounties or Sues or Jay Ajayi not pick, sliding over to pick up a block and Tannehill paying the price. So you know, it's just the, the kid's gotten a bad shake. He's finally got the same offense to play in for consecutive years. Let's see what he does this year. Let's uh, before we go ahead. Let's get Nick back in in a minute. But real quick, for those people out there looking for the crop report, JT, you know, we can't do it without Tate. It's you and Tate's thing. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about what's coming, though? Um, well, I mean, how about I give you one today and, you know, maybe I'll uh, oh, sneak right. peek at next you know, sneak I'd peek about next week. Yeah, I want to stay in New Hampshire. You know, last week I was up at New Hampshire Fisher Cats talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, it gave you the breakdown on him. Another huge week for that kid. But let's talk about a teammate of his, another son of a former major league great, and Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's uh, baby boy, plays on the same team, plays on the same side of the infield. Shortstop, can't play second base. Guy with a 70-hit tool, 55 power rating. Uh, the only area in which I see a deficiency for this kid is he's a 45-rated fielder but I have heard he's worked hard on his fielding and he's something it's something that he's improving on. We're talking about a guy in his first professional season last year batted 362. I'm looking at a guy now that's batting 300, seven RBIs, three triples, four doubles, so the guy's an extra base machine. He's got 15 to 20 home run power. Um the, the Blue Jays are going to be absolutely fantastic to watch when these two guys come up. And I do think Bichette is not that far away. Uh, you look at Tulawiski, news flash, breaking news, Tulawiski's hurt. I know that's hard to imagine and believe, but yes, Tulawiski's hurt again, hasn't played at all this year, and I don't think Almedes Diaz is somebody that the Blue Jays are looking forward to uh, as being a core shortstop uh, for the future. So Bo Bichette, second base shortstop, get this guy on your radar if he isn't already there. And next week, folks, that's that's what you can look forward to. It's uh, it's just going ahead. We're going to continue the crop report. Ooh-wee. We got that there, crop report. No. Um, folks, next week, JT Tate, the crop report. As we go ahead, start talking about the guys that you pay attention. This is this. These are people that you're going to need during this fantasy season and going to help you win your fantasy championship. We're going to go ahead. We're going to bring Nick Katowski back in, the newbie. Nick, uh, Tampa Bay went out, got Vita Villa from Washington, and uh, I'm reaching out to – what's funny is I'm reaching out to the people in Tonga to see if I can get somebody to pronounce (laughs) his whole name correctly. This way I have it as a drop the next time Tate asks me. Um, Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I butchered the hell out of it. But, boy, let me tell you something. I gave it the old college effort. Um, 
I dare anybody to say it correctly. Damn. Uh, the guys on TV were like, uh, ah, Vita Vea, that's how I say it. <laughs> hey, we sat there We sat there uh, not too far away from him in person and listened to him say it during his interview. So uh, he did a pretty good job. I had to give him credit. Uh, I, I, all right, so you heard him say it. You want to give it a shot? Out of all the years you know me, do you believe me to be stupid? Oh. I'm not attempting <laughs> that for nothing. Uh, We're going to go back to the picks before I answer that. Um, Uh, Pierre Paul, Vinnie Curry, then they pick up Bo Allen and Mitch uh, Urine in free agency, and now this kid (laughs) alongside Gerald McCoy. How you doing, folks? Tampa, how you liking? One of the things that the Tampa fans had to deal with last year and it has clearly been addressed during this offseason and in the draft. The one thing you never want to be called as a football team is soft. They were considered soft. They've addressed soft. They addressed it very nicely with this pick at number 12, somebody that the Redskins had wanted, and it's funny that they go ahead and uh, grab him before uh, before the uh, Redskins did. But then the Redskins do turn around on the pick right after and get a D-lineman in uh, Deron Payne. And uh, what do you think, Nick, when you take a look at that, which one of the two would you rather have and why? Oh, tough choice here. Uh, both of them are pretty close to equally uh, talented here. You're looking at a Bucks team that all last year had Gerald McCoy constantly double teamed. So you never get to see the pressure that this guy can create. You never got to see what the Bucks were capable of putting any type of pass rush on the QB. So they went out, they got themselves a big boy to fill up the middle and free up McCoy. So he's not going to keep getting double teamed. I mean, what happens when you take a near 300 pound guy and the running backs already past the offensive line he has to square his body around and fall down on top of the running back's back every time. You push him forward for two or three extra yards. Now you've got that extra man filling up the middle, and you're going to say, wow, we can actually push this offensive line back, we can get a little bit of pass rush, and we can stop the run, so we're going to have to make the quarterback throw it against our linebackers. So this is a good pick. Um, I thought they were going with Derwin James but uh, I think this is a good pick. You know, I look at that and I say, he was uh, also slated at some point to go to Miami at 11, and when I was asked about that a couple weeks ago, my thought was, I don't want to spend pick 11, or in this case, pick 12, on a two-down guy. I just don't see enough pass rush for this guy to justify that 12th that, pick. Um, now, Deron Payne, another thing I look at, Deron Payne played with Jonathan Allen, first-round pick for the Redskins last year, on that Alabama line. I want SEC defensive linemen. To me, the schedule the SEC plays and the production that the linemen have gotten in the NFL, I like the pedigree on this. Payne also has some pass rush ability. So for me, if I'm the Bucks, I would have preferred Deron Payne. But again, I'm nitpicking. Vita Vea is a space eater. Reminds me of Haloti Nada, who actually did develop some pass rush capability. Uh, and if they can get that out of him, kudos to the Bucks. What you see in here, though, is you're seeing a copycat of the Super Bowl champs. They're trying to build that defensive line just like Philadelphia did it. 
you know, and then you see Washington in the division saying, hey, we got Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement. We got running backs we got to deal with. So they go out and they get their defensive tackle. So both good picks. I'd have preferred to have Payne. Now, the team that scares me, though, is that team that gave up two first-round picks, Jester, for the next guy we're going to talk about. Did we lose? Are you there, Jester? Yep. Well, I'm looking at uh, Deron Payne here as uh, being a really good fill-in for the uh, Redskins, like you're talking about. They're up against three top running backs in that division, and man, oh man, they needed to fill that. They needed to fill in that hole. He's going to go back. He's mm-hmm. going to play with his original teammate Allen, and man, this is going to be. Uh, it, they needed to shore it up. These are your three prime, three prime players, and if they didn't get a defensive tackle, it didn't matter which one they got out of those two, but if they didn't fill that little gap in right there, they would have been run right. on the middle, they would have been run on the outside, <laughs> and that quarterback had ugly. all day to throw the ball. It would have been ugly. Now let me ask you, we talk about pick 14, a kid out of UT Texas, uh, San Antonio, Marcus Davenport, a kid that the Saints mortgage next year's first-round pick as well as this year's first-round pick to come up and get. Uh, I mean, talk about boomer bust player from a small school. Uh, what are your thoughts on this kid going forward? No, I, I think it's a bu- I, I think it's a bust pick. I don't think it's a bust player, but I think it's a bust pick. I mean, he's mm, got okay. he's got good overall skills, but there's no reason to move up to get him. He probably would have still been around. There are a lot of other players they could have gotten at the pick they were at, and to give up what they gave up to get him. Uh, wasn't worth it in my opinion, especially with what the Saints have been trying to do in the division. Right, and then you look on top of that, you've got a 39-year quarterback in Drew Brees. You know, everybody inside the AT&T Stadium, including Michael Irvin, which it made him look ridiculous, which was fantastic, uh, assumed that that was moving up to get Lamar Jackson to get their future quarterback. And <laughs> no, sir, we're taking a kid out of San Antonio. Jesser? You know, it's funny because uh, you see these middle picks, the middle round picks, people addressing the lines, whether it was the defensive line coming up now on this 15th pick, because I'm trying to get this moving a little bit. We only have a little bit to go. We're already in extra time. Folks, if you're not used to the show, it's only normally an hour unless we run a special. Uh, We're going to go to 10. We're going to cover as much as this. Uh, of this as we can and again next week full team coverage the whole damn draft uh but looking at it and and keeping it going i'm listening to what you guys are saying and for me it was interchangeable amongst the pick amongst those picks they they fill the need that each team uh was looking for Uh, i question just the one part of it on the uh, uh what you said about the tampa bay bucks pick is uh, you're looking at a guy that possibly you don't know yet. He could develop into somebody that helps on the pass rush. You know, Warren Sapp was a very big guy and still was able to help out on the pass rush because he could get that push straight into the quarterback's face. So maybe he could develop into somebody into uh, somebody that is a three-down uh, player. Now, moving along, Oakland Raiders, Chucky goes out. First pick for him is going to be something that, you know, people are going to pay attention to. What's he going to do? What's he see? What was his number one need that while he's looking at his team, okay, here's what I got to get. 
he has to get himself Colton Miller, folks, out of UCLA. You know, <laughs> boy, I'll tell you, you got the aging Donald Penn coming off a foot injury. Right tackle is iffy, too, uh, with Val Alexander as the best option. Miller is big, athletic, pass protector. Oakland needed to put in front of Derek Carr for the long term. That's the best way to sum it up. Uh, JT, real quick, you want to throw anything down on Miller? Um, he has the ability to be the best tackle in this draft, but he's not there yet. I think he needs a lot of coaching. Uh, and hopefully he starts out on the right side uh, to get his feet wet, so to speak. He's ruined a little time to groom him. Magically, we fall the 16 to the Buffalo Bills fan. True Maine Edwins, Virginia Tech. Go ahead, Nick. What do you got? How do you like him? Oh, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be something special. Whether it's this year, uh, not so sure on it. He's a young kid. He's 19, and but he's got some special skills. This guy can tackle. This guy can wrap you up. This guy can block balls down. He can pretty much do it all. He's smart. And he's very adaptive and able to read defenses. So I think this was a really good pick for Buffalo. Um, definitely a development project, but it's definitely a good pick. JT, do you see him along the lines of, you know, maybe Sean McDermott getting his new version of Thomas Davis here? Um, I could see that. I can see the comparison there. He actually reminds me, uh, not physically, but just his game reminds me of a, a long time ago, Buffalo Bill great Cornelius Bennett. Uh, a guy that could just be absolutely all over the field, biscuit, as they called him. The guy could stuff the run, he could blitz, and he could drop back and cover your tight end, cover a receiver coming across the field, cover a running back out of the backfield. That's who he reminds me of when I put on the tape. Former uh, Son of former Dolphins, Farrell Edmonds. Uh, kid's highly athletic, I have to say. Um, I was getting a, a grin from Tate when his Bills took that pick because that was exactly who I was hoping for in Miami. So I'm a big fan of this mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great talent. Bill's picked up a good one there. Like I said, this could be a pretty good draft. We were talking off air, folks, uh, between the Buffalo, Miami, and Giants fans. And uh, our, teams, our teams did all right. I, I really think, the uh, in particular for Buffalo, though, uh, they hold the – biggest gamble as far as you know what it means to their team everybody knows if you miss on a quarterback you you mess up your team for three to five years because of it so it's going to be very important to see how he develops at QB but yeah no they hit a home run here at 16 I believe without a question And, and taking a look at 17 do you feel the same way Nick did the Chargers hit a home run with Derwin James out of Florida State there playing safety? I was really high on this guy. I think he's uh, I think he's a great player. I think it was a real surprise, especially in fantasy, watching what the Chargers could do on defense. And you're going to stick this guy in there. He's going to thump people over the middle. And he's going to shore up that, oh, my gosh, my wide receivers are covered. I'm getting blitzed by the QB. Let me dump it off to the tight end. And all of a sudden, now they've got a guy that's going to be right over the middle, hitting them up, knocking them around, pushing, pushing the tight ends around. And I think this, uh, having him, having Joey Bosa on the team, I think this is the, that one-two punch that this team needed. I agree in this. Uh, Gus Bradley, I remember – 
Gus Bradley gets his uh, Earl Thomas, his Cam Chancellor that he had back in the Seattle days in this kid. And, yeah, you go ahead, you mix him in with Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward, and just the complete playmaking ability that this defense is starting to come up with. going to be fun to watch. JT, Green Bay goes ahead. They go for the defensive backfield as well. Uh, with uh, Alexander out of Louisville. How are you feeling about this kid? Uh, You know, does he fit in this defense? Green Bay needed corner help. It's, you know, they, they have for a couple years now, they addressed that this year. Smooth player. uh, Definitely plays with an attitude, well-deserved attitude. Um, A guy that I think can play off. He can play press. He can play zone. He can play man. It doesn't matter. He can do what's asked of him. But he's also a guy that's a sneaky good blitzer, uh, and I could I could see Green Bay. You know they like to run those corner blitzes from time to time, and I can see this guy excelling in that role. This was a really good pick. I was excited for Green Bay to actually finally address that position, and they addressed it well and moved back to do it. So uh, trifecta for Green Bay here. Let me ask you something real quick uh, before we get back to Nick. I'm going to ask Nick on the twenty pick. Uh, you were in Dallas. What was Dallas's reaction? What were the fans' reaction to Leighton Van Der Esch? Well, you know, I, I got to set this up for you. As the Cowboys are on the clock, <laughs> you've got Drew Pearson, the uh, you know mouth of the South apparently, and Michael Irvin on stage chanting "wide receiver," trying to get the crowd to chant "wide receiver," talking about how they need to get a wide receiver. This is what they're going to go for. And then when you hear Van Der Esch's name called, I would say about half the stadium started booing, and the other half kind of looked around like, who? You know, the Randall Gritchick type. So who? I'm sorry, who's that? Uh, Dallas Radio, Sports Radio, was calling for this guy to be a pick. I think he's a steal. I think he's going to be another, another Sean Lee, hopefully one that can stay on the field. Uh, but yeah, to, And then to watch the mass exodus of the biggest Fairweather fans in the history of sports, leave the building. Uh, I have to say, I rather enjoyed it, but it's typical, typical Dallas fans. You don't even realize what you got. Good pick by the Cowboys. Vander Esch, Sean Lee, Jalen Smith. Smith. Yeah, that's nice. Keep it moving, guys. Keep it moving. Right along Detroit Lions, Frank Ragnow out of Arkansas. Nick, what do you got on him? Well, I'm looking at this as uh, shoring up your offensive line again. I think they've had, uh, I think uh, Detroit's had a problem with that for a very long time, especially keeping uh, Stafford on his feet. And I think this is the uh, help they need. Uh, value pick, definitely a value pick all the way down at 20. So this was definitely a good pickup for them. And I'm looking for big things from them. I'm looking that they're, they finally took the taken protecting Stafford serious. I think this is this is definitely going to help the team out. He's your big time money investment. I don't know that should have been should have been should have been should have been 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 should have been 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 done. Anyway, yes, I agree 100%. They went ahead, you know, now they have Graham Glasgow at center. They've got Ragnow at guard. They got Lang at the other guard. Uh, and they're going to improve. They've got to improve their uh, rushing attack. And, and this is just 
This is the best way. This is what they had to do and should have been doing. Cincinnati, JT, Billy Price, Ohio State. Well, you know, you got a guy coming off of. Is this what they needed? You got a guy coming off of pectoral injury, uh, pectoral injury at the combine. Should be ready to go for opening day. I think they could have addressed this. This uh, now had Ragnar been there, you go to that. But I think with Price, not as high on him. Uh, I don't think he's that stout in the running game. So I think they could have addressed another need at this position. Again, the quarterback there, the red rifle, not impressed. The guy just can't get them over the hump. There's a school just south of Cincinnati in Louisville, Kentucky, where there's a Heisman winning uh, trophy, Heisman trophy quarterback down there named Lamar Jackson. Should have been the pick here. Bagels bungle it as usual. <laughs> you know, it's funny because after last year, and what happened with them and the whole Buffalo and the talk to the trades. And uh, you wondered what was going on with that quarterback position, because I, I know you felt that McCarron really should have been given his opportunity. Should have been his and, last year. He'll show that this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what he's able to do with a half a chance. Anyway, uh, not really sure this was exactly, as you can tell by the tone in my voice, I'm really just not crazy about this pick. It's one of the few top picks that I'm not crazy with. Uh, Titans, Rashawn Evans uh, out of Alabama. The Titans trade this uh, into this pick to catch Evans ahead of the Patriots and the Steelers. Let's be honest. Okay. He's a, uh, listen, he was the third guy from the Crimson Tide that was picked up. He'll, he's a guy that is a high volume tackler. And, and this was a weakness. Okay. Between Iraq, Bow and Morgan, they, this is something that they needed. Someone that that projects into a long term fixture uh, and a leader. Hey, look at their coach so, and look at their coach. So, interesting pick there. Keep it going. Nick, give me the New England Patriots offensive line out of Georgia, Isaiah Wynn. I'm looking at this as a real smart pick, and the reason why it's a smart pick for them, this is Bill Belichick at his best because he's picking a pick ahead of what everybody else is thinking. He's picking a guy so that he can go out with his next pick and pick up that running back. He's picking up his next piece, and he's bringing in a guy that's going to guide whatever running back he decides he's going to choose later in this draft, which turns out to be a guy you're really high on, Jester. And uh, I think uh, this was a smart pick for them. I think this uh, is definitely somebody they're going to build with. Uh, they'll end up moving him in there. I don't know if it'll be right away, but this is definitely a uh, good pick for them. I I, be, you know, I believe that they'll go ahead and get him. Go ahead, JT. Oh, I just was great pick. A guy that played some guard in college, and I think he's going to play tackle for them and do it well. So I agree with everything mm-hmm. Nick had to say there. You know, the next guy, take Carolina. They needed to get some. They trade Kelvin Benjamin away last year. Funches shows. I don't think Samuel really gave them what they expected. I also don't think they've uh, got over the loss of Ted Ginn, so they go out and get – Six foot, two hundred and ten pound DJ Moore, who has speed to burn and hands to go with it. Um, junior out of Philadelphia, 
You know, my prospect grade on him is a 5.8, so we're looking at a guy that's definitely a starter in this league. Uh, they went out and traded for Torrey Smith, but let's be honest, Torrey Smith couldn't catch a cold standing in the lake in Wisconsin in middle middle wintertime. The guy's, the guy's terrible. So DJ Moore, a guy that I think you should target in fantasy, I think you look at Ted Ginn's numbers from two years ago, they could be very similar for this guy. Love the pick. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, um, one of the things that uh, I came away with, and I, I think this might speak volumes about DJ Moore, folks, if you are listening to the broadcast, Steve Smith, if you have never listened to Steve Smith, the former Carolina Panther, speak, he's pretty frank about how he feels about things. I mean, he is a straight shooter as I've ever seen. His words, Carolina had not been able to replace me. They were never able to replace me since I left until they picked up DJ Moore. Says a lot about the current receivers, and it says a lot about DJ Moore. Yes, Baltimore does. picking. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, for him to come out and say that, first off, there's no other receiver like him <laughs> on the team, and then to come out and say now they have him. Wow, you know, I mean, that's pretty be as being straightforward uh, as best you could be, I, I believe. Baltimore Ravens, Hayden Hurst, tight end, South Carolina. Folks, the Ravens have had trouble solving their tight end problems. Injuries have plagued them. Several young promising options haven't panned out. I mean, it's absolutely so funny to think that a team guided by Ozzie Newsom would have so many problems with that position. That is about as ironic as it gets. But I think Hayden Hurst, Solves that problem for a long time to come. Baltimore fans, look at your your Todd Heap. That's that's pretty much. I don't know, JT or, or actually, yeah, JT, and then we'll go Nick on Calvin Ridley. Good, JT. How you feeling on Hurst? Well, you look at Hurst and you think this is a guy that runs good routes. He can block at the point of he's not a great blocker, but he's a good enough blocker and a guy that can get downfield. Uh, and give Flacco or Lamar Jackson uh, a nice target, probably the best tight end they've had since Todd Heap, at least on paper, as Ryan would call it earlier. So, good pick for Ozzy uh, in his swan, you know, farewell draft, and uh, I like it. I like it a lot for him. Nice, Nick. Give us a little something yeah, about Calvin great... Ridley. Ah, Calvin Ridley, another wide uh, wide receiver. You getting wide receivers for Matty Ice. You need something for him. You pick up a uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty top notch wide receiver. It's the best it's the best one that's available for them. You're coming off of Alabama, and I mean there really is nothing to complain about the guy. Uh, they needed speed, and this is what they got. You know, it is an interesting time right now because this is a team that isn't far removed from having success. Now adding another high-powered piece to that offense that already has the league's best receiver. Might not have had the touchdowns last year, but Julio is still one of the best receivers out there. Sanu has proved himself rather well. Now you add a Ridley to the mix. Going to be interesting for the Dirty Birds this year. JT, Rashad Penny, San Diego State, Seattle Seahawks. 
Did they finally the get their guy that's going to last more than no. three games? Pick in the first round, hands down. Your franchise is Russell Wilson. The guy that pop on any game from last year is running for his life on every single play. Get this kid an offensive lineman, please. I, I don't understand. Chris Carson broke his ankle last year. Before the broken ankle, the guy showed he had the ability. He's completely healthy now. At this point, you've got to get Russell Wilson. Some, or, you, or you might as well draft another quarterback at this point. Got to get Russell help. They chose not to do so. Uh, John Schneider, Pete Carroll, you, you guys messed this one up, guys. You really screwed the pooch here. Penny's a talented running back. He's a nice runner, but I don't think he's anything better than Chris Carson. Uh, protect the franchise. Protect Russell Wilson. Yeah, just real quick on that, I want to go ahead. I will be sending the Seattle Seahawks. They're one of the teams I believe I should definitely be sending a Christmas card to and a thank you note for Will Hernandez falling to the Giants. Wow, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. There's no way he should be on the Giants, okay, blocking for Saquon Barkley. This isn't going to be fair, folks. With Soldier next to him, this isn't – never mind. I sound like a giant Mm -hmm. man that I am there. All right, never mind. I'll let it go. Imagine that. Pittsburgh Steelers, Terrell Edmonds, safety, Virginia Tech. Steelers have, have, uh, you know, Sean Davis, strong safety, and Morgan Banana, free safety. So this is, you know, a little bit of a reach in the first round, okay, with the future of the defense in mind. Uh, I don't know. Edmonds uh, is a hard hitter. Uh, and maybe he could become what Paolo Malo. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're looking for their new Paolo Malo. Uh, he could be that without the hair, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't another pick. I wasn't crazy about folks. I didn't really. I, I didn't feel that fit the need. Nick Jacksonville Jaguars. You better do a good job, Nick. I'm giving you Mrs. Jester's team. So what do you have to say here? Did they do all right, or did they mess it up too? No, I don't think they messed this up at all. I, welcome to Saxville, Brian. I mean, this is uh, this is a great pick for them because you uh, have a Jacksonville defense that says we are going to win a championship. We are tired of being the laughing stock in the NFL, and we put together one hell of a team last year, and we are going to make sure that this team stays together. Now, I went to the playoff game last year in Jacksonville. I thought it was great, but I got to see Darius live in Buffalo, and I got to see him live in Jacksonville, and it's the same Darius over and over again. Plays great for 90% of the year, and then he pulls himself out of the game, okay, because either he's tired or he has a complaint or he wants to do something else, and then he goes back in. So as soon as they lost their uh, one uh, defensive guy on the line, he's like, I'm not doing this by myself, and he walks off. So I think this is the replacement for him. I think this is the uh, right answer for this team, and I think if you're going to include him in there in this first year, you're going to have one absolutely killer defensive line that you are not going to get through. All right, guys, that's just about it for this week. We're going to be getting to full team coverage next week of the whole damn draft. We almost made it to the whole round, folks. It was a great night. We gave bonus coverage Thanks so much to Nick Katowski for joining us. We'll be having Nick on again. JT, any last words? Um, I'm, like I said, ready for 2019. Bring on the draft. <sighs> it's good times, folks. Fantasy talk next week. We're going to talk fantasy implications, 
all that good stuff next week. Fantasy Justice Show. Thanks for joining in. This has been the Fantasy Justice Show draft review show next week. Kate will be back with us. We're looking forward to it. Have a great night. Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy, or Fantasy Jester, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. You could could use that. Can I? (laughs) I might. Yeah. It's all right with you. No, I think it'd be funny. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.